Good morning, Stone Village, and happy Palm Sunday. I hope that all of you are well and safe in this world. All is well in my world. The Lord be with you, and let us pray. Holy One, as we travel through the long shadows of Lent, strip us of our attachments and addictions, that we might bear our souls to you. Render us deaf and blind to the distractions of want, that we might hear and see only the demands of the gospel and break through our spiritual blockades, that we might know your relentless love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The reading today is from Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone should ask you, why are you untying it? Just say, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it, the colt, as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owner asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they sat Jesus upon it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to praise God joyfully, with a loud voice, for all the deeds of power they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. To stop. He answered, I tell you, if they were silent, the stones would shout out. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Did you notice anything missing from today's gospel reading? Anything missing? It is the familiar Palm Sunday story about Jesus sending his disciples into a village to retrieve a colt for him to ride into Jerusalem. As he rides along, people are spreading their cloaks on the road, and the whole multitude of his disciples are praising God for all the deeds of power they had seen. We hear some version of this story every year. It's the standard Palm Sunday story. However, something is missing today. Do you know what it is? The Palm Sunday story is often referred to as Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. But, and here's what's missing, today's reading ends before Jesus arrives in Jerusalem. What happens immediately after today's reading is an essential part of the story and our entry into Holy Week. And I believe we need to hear the rest of the story. This is what happens next. Luke 19, verses 41 through 46. As he came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you, and hem you in on every side. They will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave within you one stone upon another, 
because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. Then he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling things there. And he said, It is written, The Lord's house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. <laughs> now, now, we have the complete story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. It's an entry with tears, lament, and judgment. Jesus enters Jerusalem weeping because Jerusalem has not recognized on this day the things that make for peace. And I believe the same could be said about each of us and our world today, because we are Jerusalem. Look at your life today. Look at what is happening in the world today. I don't think there is a person or place in our world today not in need of peace. Peace within ourselves and with one another. Peace with our past and what we have collectively experienced and lost over the last three years. Peace with things we've done and left undone. Peace with countries and between nations. Peace with the earth in all all of God's sacred creation. Now, how does this happen to us? How did it happen to Jerusalem? How do we lose our peace? And what, what are the things that make for peace? I believe Jesus demonstrates the answer to these questions throughout Holy Week, as well as reveals the things that make for peace. If you pay attention to his actions and what he says throughout the week, you will notice he never defends himself. He never tries to justify himself or offer excuses. He doesn't try to negotiate or plea bargain a better deal. He doesn't express any sense of entitlement or place himself above others. He neither explains himself nor apologizes. And he does not, he does not turn back. He doesn't do any of those things because he has no need to justify, explain, or excuse or defend himself. Jesus never betrays himself. All through his life in the coming week, he remains true to himself. He is at peace with himself. And this allows him to be at peace with others and the circumstances he is facing. And I believe this is true for you and me as well. I know when I refuse to betray myself, when I remain true to myself, and what my life is asking of me. I have no need to justify myself. I'm at peace with myself. And I can be at peace with you and whatever the circumstances are before me. But when I begin to justify myself, making excuses or becoming defensive, it's typically because I've betrayed myself in some way. I've turned away from who I am and there is no peace in my heart. 
I'm at war within myself. And chances are, I will also be at war with you or someone else. And it won't necessarily be because you started it. <laughs> that war started within me, in my self-betrayal. I, I think self-betrayal is why later on in the gospel story, Jesus tells the daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Because Jerusalem has betrayed itself. It's the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. It has made God's house a prayer into a den of robbers. It doesn't recognize the time of its visitation from God. It is living in a state of self-betrayal. All of which leads me to wonder, where is there self-betrayal in your life today? In what ways is your heart at war with yourself or another? What is the conflict that keeps you awake at night? What haunts your dreams? What is causing the nausea in your stomach or the tightness in your chest? And reminding you, peace is lacking in your life. I am not only asking about self-betrayal, which results in doing something we define as bad or wrong. No, I'm also asking about the self-betrayal of de denying our own holiness and goodness, the times we diminish ourselves, the ways we turn from our passions, gifts, or longings, the times we give up on ourselves, our dreams, or our hopes, the ways in which we settle for being and living less than who we were really created to be. Look for the places in your life today where you feel the need to justify, defend, explain, or excuse yourself. And you will probably find self-betrayal, an absence of peace, a heart at war. I've begun to lately think about self-betrayal as original sin. Now, you know, Stone Village, I don't like the word sin. I rarely ever use the word sin because it has caused so much harm and hurt in the world. Yet sin for me is a separation from, from God, God's love, God's hope, God's intention for one's life. So sin in this context is a deep self-wounding in need of healing. And so what if Holy Week is the start of our healing? Healing the self-betrayals of our lives. What if it all begins with our tears? Isn't this how Jesus began Holy Week, with tears over Jerusalem and its self-betrayal. Consider your tears. Tell me about your tears, the ones you've cried and the ones you've denied, the ones which never seem to end and the ones you need to weep but aren't quite ready to release, the ones which scare you and the ones you can't explain and don't understand. 
Name your tears, specifically your tears of self-betrayal. Whatever your tears may be about, don't leave them behind. Let them become your entry point into Holy Week. Accept them, embrace them. Don't dismiss them or wipe them away. To do so is to deny a part of yourself. And honestly, sometimes our tears are the most authentic part of ourselves we have to offer to God. Sometimes our tears are all we have tethering us to God and the way of hope. And so let this Holy Week be one of honesty and vulnerability. Permit the days ahead to transform your tears into the holy waters of cleansing and release, waters of forgiveness and healing, waters preparing you for rebirth. Your tears just might be the only thing which can cleanse the lens of our hearts enough to see the things that make for peace in our lives. Thanks be to God. Amen. I give thanks to God for each of you, and I pray this day you bear witness to the love of God in this world. Bear witness to the love of God, so that those to whom love is a stranger, they will find in you a generous and loving friend. In the name of Christ Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. I love you, stoners. Um, I hope you have a wonderful Palm Sunday. Uh, as a reminder, uh, Monday, Thursday worship is Thursday at 7. Good Friday uh, worship is Friday at 7. Uh, Easter Eve Unplugged is Saturday at 7. And Easter worship is Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, again, I love you. I hope you have a great day. Bye.